Hey friends, I'm going to ask you at the beginning of this episode to do a little exercise. No, I'm not going to ask you to get on the floor and do a burpee or a Russian twist. I am going to ask you, however, to answer this question. On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being extremely confident, how confident are you in life, in your calling? My family laughs at me because I'm always asking them to rate something, whether it's last night's dinner, how well they liked the movie we just watched, or how sure they are that they heard from God in a particular situation. I don't know what that says about me, but I do know it gives me more insight than I would have otherwise. I'm sure there are some areas where you are more confident than others, but in general, how confident are you? Let's talk about it. and you are listening to episode number 15 of the Kairos Moments podcast. Today we are going to be talking specifically about confidence killers. We need to walk in confidence in who we are, how God created us, and how we're showing up in our life and in our calling. Your calling will look different than other people's callings. You may be even called to be a stay-at-home mom, raising those babies for a season, a freelance copywriter, or even a neurosurgeon. Whatever it may be, God wants you to be confident. I think sometimes we as Christians don't feel like confidence is something we should aspire to. It almost feels like pride and self-promotion. But I'm here to tell you that is not the truth. There is a difference in pride and confidence. I don't know about you, but I'm guessing it's true for most of us. But there are times I walk in complete confidence. And there are other times that I feel so unsure and insecure, I want to crawl into a hole. I've often wondered where the disconnect was between those two. Why do I get tripped up and feel insecure sometimes? And why do I exude confidence in other times? I was tired of living that way. And that set me on a journey to discover what confidence was and why I vacillated between the two. When I think of confidence, I think of words like courage, determination, perseverance, boldness, and fearlessness. On the other hand, when I think of the opposite of confidence, I think of words like doubt, fear, hesitation, timidity, and insecurity. When I'm confident, I have a different perspective on things. Even apparent failures can build confidence. We fall down and we get back up and we learn something for the next time. The Bible is full of people God called to do something, and they felt inadequate and unsure. Over and over again, God reassured them that he would be with them. Our confidence does not originate with us. We cannot muster it up. Our confidence, first and foremost, is because of Christ in our right standing with God. Because of that confidence, we can walk confidently in what he's called us to do, which is our assignment. When we are staying in our lane and doing what he's called us to do, he moves heaven and earth to help us accomplish his purposes through us. But more than anything, the confidence comes because we know God is with us. In the book of Joshua, chapter 1, when Joshua was commissioned to take the people into the promised land, God told him three different times to be strong and courageous. Courage and confidence mean similar things. Courage and confidence are muscles that will atrophy unless we use them. How do we build physical muscle? Muscle is built when it encounters resistance, and then it rests. When you are exercising and doing resistance training, 
your muscles get microscopic tears in them. Afterwards, during the resting days, your muscles recover and get stronger and bigger. It's the same with the courage and confidence muscles. Winston Churchill said, success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. Staying confident in spite of fear, setbacks, and failures requires us to adopt a new paradigm. There are six confidence killers that I know of that have killed my confidence in the past. These six confidence killers were the disconnect between me sometimes walking in confidence and other times shrinking back. They are comparison, perfectionism, a wounded heart, fear of man, people-pleasing, and our thoughts and words. Number one, comparison. It is the primary confidence killer. When you compare, you are measuring yourself against someone else. Sometimes you'll come out on top, sometimes you'll not quite measure up. With comparison, you're always walking on shifting sand because the measuring stick constantly gets moved and recalibrated. Galatians 5.25 says, it is one of my favorite verses of all time too. It says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Keeping in step with the Spirit instead of keeping up with others. We run when when He runs. We walk when He walks. We stop when He stops. This takes all the comparison out of it. You'll hear me talk about that verse a lot. Comparison steals your inheritance as a daughter or son of the king, and it belittles the unique image bearer that you are. Number two, perfectionism. With perfectionism, we are defeated before we even start. We set incredibly high and unachievable standards, and we quit before we even get going. We shouldn't aim at perfection. Instead, we should aim at excellence. Perfectionism paralyzes us from moving forward. It keeps us spinning our wheels in the minutiae of tweaking and reworking every little detail. We get stuck. Perfectionism keeps our focus on us. When God is calling us to a childlike faith, keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus. I've had to adopt the phrase good enough in my life over the years. Otherwise, I just drive people crazy. Number three, a wounded heart. A wounded heart is like a magnet for the enemy. It's fertile ground for him to sow rejection, to build a stronghold of lies, and to keep us living in the freedom that Christ purchased for us. A wounded heart anticipates rejection. It interprets everything through a faulty lens. Any little bump in a wounded heart is devastated. A wounded heart adopts a victim mentality and is engulfed in fear. And as you and I both know, fear prevents us from doing anything. Number four, fear of man. Proverbs 29, 25 says, fear of man proves to be a snare. We lose ourselves when our actions are dictated by fear of other people. We stop living how God created us and what he's called us to when we follow the scripts of other people so we don't upset them. We start caring too much about what they think. We go to people with an empty cup asking for validation. Think about the spies that were sent in to spy out the promised land. Ten of them came back with a discouraging report. Only two spies, Joshua and Caleb, came back with confidence. Lack of confidence will give us the grasshopper complex. I'm sure you've read the story before. It's in Numbers 13. The ones that came back with a negative report said that there were giants in the land. 
Not only did they look like grasshoppers in their own eyes, their enemies looked at them the same way. In order to courageously and confidently walk out the assignment set before us, we need to see other people correctly. They are not God. They don't have the final say, and they are not the ones who give us courage and confidence. I find it interesting when I read Numbers 13.33. After seeing the giants, they, the 10 spies who came back with a negative report said, we seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. We looked the same to them. The enemy can smell fear. People will treat you according to the vibe you give off. I'm not saying to fake confidence, but do some soul searching as to where you are placing your confidence. If you are placing your confidence in Christ, your real life is hidden in Christ and the enemy is terrified of him. Number five, people pleasing. I have struggled with this in the past and I still do to some extent. I don't want to offend anyone. I don't want to feel rejection either. Who does? I don't want to withstand unjust criticism. God has done a real work in my heart, though. I don't deal with this nearly as much as I used to. It was so freeing to accept the fact that I am not going to please everyone. It's impossible. Not everyone is going to like me, nor will everyone be happy about everything I do. And that's okay. I can drive myself crazy trying to make sure everyone is happy. Aiming at pleasing everyone is just simply crazy making. Instead, we should aim to please the one who matters the most, and that is Christ. Aristotle once said, there is only one way to avoid criticism. Do nothing, say nothing, and be nothing. That is not the life that God has called us to. He has called us to be initiators and reconcilers. He longs to make himself known through us. He chooses the weak things of the world to confound the wise. Number six are thoughts and words. Our words have power. So do our thoughts. Matter of fact, the Bible tells us there is the power of life and death in our tongue. Proverbs 18.21 We can't expect to be confident if we are sabotaging ourselves with our words and our thoughts. I've seen dejected people suddenly feel like they could take on the world because of a simple word of encouragement. We can't expect to have confidence if we are divided in that way, if our thoughts and actions are saying two different things. If we are trying something new, only to be telling ourselves negative thoughts that we won't be able to, we are divided and we won't succeed. Like I said, ultimately, our confidence comes from our right standing with God because of Christ. That is the foundation. But let's not let these six confidence killers cause us to bury our talents. He wants us to participate with him in what he's doing in the world. You and I get to participate in his story. So again, the six confidence killers I've seen at work in my own life are comparison, perfectionism, a wounded heart, fear of man, people-pleasing, and our thoughts and words. I know there are a number of other podcasts you could be listening to, but you've chosen to be here with me. I don't take that lightly. I count it a privilege to be a part of your journey toward growth and transformation. Feel free to email me at julie at stuffofheaven.com. Put Kairos Moments in the subject line and tell me what stood out to you in this episode. 
Maybe you even have another confidence killer you could add. I also want to suggest that as you're looking at these six confidence killers, there is a way to overcome them. And number one, the word of God. Number two, the spirit of the Lord. And number three, get with trusted friends who are willing to listen to your heart and offer encouragement. Maybe they see things that you don't see. I was talking to a friend today, and I was telling her how I was kind of caught up in in trying to make sure that people understood every little thing I said on one of my social media posts. And I felt like I had to clarify everything because I didn't want to come across wrong. But my husband told me that I needed to maybe choose three friends who are willing to look at the content I produce and tell me if they see something that doesn't set right or comes across wrong. We have to make sure that we're doing this with trusted friends. You wouldn't take um, you wouldn't take stock in someone who you just met at the grocery store to tell you something um, something about your work or your your calling, how you're doing it, how you're not doing it, whatever. You wouldn't take that information and hold it as valuable as you would a trusted friend. Next week, we're going to talk about how you can walk in confidence. So this week, we talked about the six confidence killers. Next week, we're going to talk about how to walk in confidence. See you next time.